Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, bad. Fo oh, I forgot I was on the internet for a minute. You just got called out. That's what she said. You look at me in the meat pies. Yes, come on. Come on. It's pretty absurd. Bad philosophy. Episode thirty-nine, recorded on July twentieth, two thousand nine. What's the right thing again? Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, bad philosophy, upsetting the balance of reality, one rabbit trail at a time. We are here for episode 39, and we have a brand new guest on the show. Uh, joining us today is Dr. Daniel Nathan. He's a professor in the philosophy department here at Texas Tech University. Uh, Dr. Nathan, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you very much. Uh, well, where shall I begin? I've been here for a very long time at Texas <laughs> Tech. I've been here for more than 30 years. Um, I was... Um, for a big chunk of that time, about 18 years, I was chair of the philosophy department. Okay. And uh, I came here from Chicago. I still sort of think of myself as a Chicagoan. I've never fully adapted to... I haven't lost the accent either, I hear. <laughs> Chicago accent? I'm, I'm sure. You know, I, I, can, I can hear a little, a little bit. A little hint of Maybe it, the yeah. word Chicago. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, people say Chicago, but anyway. Um, mm. uh, so I'm from Chicago originally, um, and I, my family and my wife's family are still up there. Um, mm -hmm. Largely, I have never sort of relinquished those ties, but I've been in Lubbock for uh, 30 years plus, over well over 30 years. Mm. Um, coming right out of graduate school, um, I went to um, the University of Michigan and the University of Illinois at Chicago, and took some classes at the University of Chicago as well. Um, and when I did my doctorate, it was in ethics, mm. um, and actually, what's now. Um, Referred to as uh, defensive kind of moral, kind of moral realism. So it was metaethics. What's called metaethics, um, and that's been a lifelong interest of mine. When I was an undergraduate as well, I, uh, that was a special area of interest of mine. Uh, but when I went to graduate school, the department I was in was did not specialize in ethics, mm. and so although I went to Michigan undergraduate, where they had the the greatest ethicists in the country, maybe the world at the time, whom I cited with. Not to boast or anything. No, no. Um, <laughs> when I went to graduate school, the strength was definitely aesthetics. And so I ended up uh, getting a, an interest in that, too. So I'm in both those areas and in philosophy of law. Those are the areas I teach in primarily. Okay. And uh, in addition, we have Kevin Saunders joining us via Skype from... Where are you this week, Kevin? I'm, I'm back in Grapevine, albeit temporarily. I've, I'm actually counting down the days until I move back to Ohio permanently. How many more do you have? I, some. <laughs> <laughs> Not counting them very thoroughly, I guess. But I haven't actually updated the count in a few days. It's less than a month. I think I'm at about 20 days. Okay. 23 days. I don't know. I am going to actually try and get out to Lubbock uh, at some point in time in early August. So maybe I can actually record another BF live there. Thumbs if up I get for lucky. Slurpees, man. Works out. Good to hear. Indeed. All right. Well, what we're going to do on this week of uh, Bad Philosophy is I kind of want to talk about the ethics initiative that's going on here at Texas Tech University. From what I know about it, uh, the university has created basically an official statement that um, as an institution we are, are committed to, to ethics in all uh, levels of the institution. Um, now how that has played out in various ways has been sort of organizations and departments creating uh, codes of conduct for their uh, employees, uh, for students, definitely uh, kind of have to to adhere to this, but it's also been sort of an informal movement too. They've had like banners on buses going around campus. They've had a uh, an ethics um, 
roundtable series, I believe, uh, last year uh, and in the spring, where they, they bring people to talk about uh, various issues uh, in relation to uh, plagiarism, uh, abortion, law, um, all sorts of, of ethical topics. So since we have an expert on ethics here, I kind of want to just uh, play devil's advocate here, uh, first of all, and ask you, Dr. Nathan, do we need this, and uh, why do we need it? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm actually part of the Ethics Initiative. Okay. Uh, in fact, uh, four, five years ago, 2004, actually, initially, when uh, the, Eth- uh, the Ethics Initiative is part of um, an accreditation program right. for the university. Uh, Southern Association of Colleges and Schools reaccredits universities every decade. And in its latest um, run-through, which is back in uh, 2004, 2005, uh, they required uh, of all uh, institutions that they have a special initiative. Mm. Uh, the university chose a committee associated with the reaccreditation on the university campus chose ethics to be the focus of the initiative. So that was the source of the ethics initiative. Um, they labeled it Do the Right Thing. Um, so you see that on the bus. Yeah. And, and I was invited onto the steering committee, and I was the head, uh, appointed head of uh, one of the four ta- original four task forces um, to put the ethics in- initiative into some sort of practice. So um, I was the head of the Ethics in the Curriculum Committee. Okay. So back to your question. Do we yes. need it? Do we need it, and um, why? I thought it was a terrific idea when I first was invited. Okay. Um, <laughs> I do emphasize when I first was invited. Um, <laughs> Because of my, again, lifelong interest in this topic and because for many years um, there was, I think, a feeling on campus, I know that there was a feeling on campus that one of the areas that we should really focus on in higher education is ethics. Mm -hmm. Um, And nothing really had been done about that. In philosophy, um, we're sort of the main source of ethics courses on campus and we're a very small department in terms of resources, in terms of uh, ability to offer curriculum, ethics curriculum, were very limited. Okay. So I saw this as a very promising sign. I thought it would lead to um, uh, an interest in getting students to take get background in ethics, ethical understanding, ethical reasoning, uh, and uh, it would be a broad sort of benefit. Do we mm-hmm. need it? There are lots of things... Um, a university needs. This, this seems to me about as central a priority as one can imagine. Mm. But one of the things I've discovered, and I knew somewhat already, was that um, what ethics is is a very controversial matter. Exactly. I was. That's what one of my next questions was going to be. Okay, so what ethics are we teaching in this <clears throat> initiative? Um, well, I mean, in terms of the curriculum, there's been fundamentally no change. Okay. Uh, so much, what would my, you, my hopes were dashed. Philosophically, how would you describe um, like the, the baseline of, of the program right now? And the baseline of the is program. It, is, it, is it so watered down as to be ineffectual? Like, are we just talking basic virtue ethics, or are they going a little bit deeper? Like, how much well, input did they get from you on that? Um, there, there was really no action for the first three years at all. Wow. Um, what did, what fact, did y'all have during that time then? <laughs> um, we met a lot. We met a lot. Uh, there was, but when suggestions were made, for example, the philosophy department had an ethics speak wanted to initiate an ethics speaker series. We always bring mm-hmm. moral philosophers onto campus to talk. It's one of our major areas. Um, so we looked to the initiative to uh, help us beef up that program, support it, um, but no resources came. Mm. Not even a few hundred dollars to support speakers. Uh, so that was one of the first disappointments I experienced. The committee on the curriculum recommended. Um, 
resources to add sections of ethics because there were may, many, many more students wanting to take ethics courses than we could serve in our, uh, with our resources. And so we, the ethics classes had been closing very early, so it was an ob- obvious to the task force, the curriculum task force, that we ought to add faculty to respond to student demand in ethics. I mean, it's not, not expanding the interest in ethics, which is um, one of the other projects of the initiative, okay. but just responding to existing interest in ethics. Right. Well, that sat for four years without any action. Oh, uh, my. So no resources came to the doing of the initiative, uh, with the exception of, um, in about the third year, a curriculum, uh, not the curriculum, uh, a um, speaker was invited, and part of that person's um, visit was funded. But, I mean, very little resources were. Mm-hmm. Uh, until this past year, when things became very serious, people uh, realized that in other universities on these special initiatives, uh, literally um, millions of dollars gets committed to it, and, <laughs> and we really had not devoted even thousands of dollars to it. Um, so my, uh, you know, I was rather disappointed. I think there's some activity now. It's been basically a matter of gathering, back to your initial question, what has been done? Yeah. Um, we've been, since the beginning in our in task force I was heading, we've been gathering information. How many students are taking courses? Where are they taking courses? What kinds of courses are ethics courses? What are the where the faculty are teaching ethics-related courses or, or courses with significant ethical content. So it sounds like it's been more or an indirect effort to kind of promote teaching ethics rather than teaching ethics or uh, promoting ethics directly, right? Well, there has been no promotion, really. I think the, one of the major things, in fact, the first most important thing, I think, uh, that the initiative did was what you were referring to, namely uh, producing a statement of ethical principles. Okay which they then promulgated, which people have now seen. Now, how, what is, I guess that, that was my question then, what is the content in this, this statement? Well, it's all over campus, and I don't have it particularly memorized. But just it was, generally. I got it pulled up. Good. Oh, good, okay. Hey, just hitting the, I, I think this is what you're talking about, the do, do the right thing, university statement of ethical principles. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, some of the, the high, high points are uh, mutual respect, cooperation, communication, Creativity, innovation, community service and leadership, pursuit of excellence, public accountability, and diversity uh-huh. are kind okay. of the the headlines, the main headings. Along yes. the way. and um, this was the result of the work of a, one of the other task forces, this okay. statement of principles. And of course, um, these kinds of general principles have to be couched in ways that are innocuous enough to be acceptable to yeah. um, all sorts of people. Well, diversity is, is more than just an ethics issue, too. I mean, it, it crosses a lot of boundaries. It, I just, general impression, it's a very general set it of, is. of Well, principles. I had a question kind of about this, the whole idea of this is, was the goal, maybe not of, of this committee, but just of this whole an ethics push that we've seen on a university scale, is the goal of it to identify these? these are the ethics of the university, we want to, we like them, we want to encourage them, or is it more of a constraining, these are what we should be doing, these are the ethical principles that we should be living to? Well, this is a, that's an interesting question. I think initially the idea of the initiative was to raise um, students' awareness of ethical problems, okay. uh, ethical, ethical issues. Uh, so the, to raise the level of um, general awareness through um, uh, having speakers and discussions uh, and courses available for students to learn about uh, how to think uh, in some sort of rational way about um, moral problems in society. 
uh, as well as internally. So it was a kind of consciousness-raising effort. Um, uh, I think uh, one part of the um, initiative, and this is another part, another task force associated with this, is to try to make students in particular, but also faculty, um, uh, aware of issues of academic integrity. And in that sense, set certain rules mm-hmm. or um, uh, give students guidelines of behavior. So in, in a general sense, you know, you have a phrase like, do the right thing. What is, what is that, what is that going to mean yeah. uh, in terms of um, how do we, how do we ac- access what the right thing is here? Uh, in some kind of context, there is an established set of rules um, with regard to plagiarism, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's you, the operating they, procedure of the university. I mean, doing right. the right thing by that is fairly easy. <laughs> right. But that's, and that's been one aspect of the initiative mm-hmm. is try to figure out ways to promulgate those, um, the, the OP, the operating uh, policy about um, uh, plagiarism, the penalties for plagiarism, what constitutes plagiarism, and yeah. so on. So to educate at that level. Just out of curiosity on, on plagiarism, just a thought that occurs to me. Does tech have a policy in regards to self-plagiarism? Uh, that is, you know, turning in one paper for multiple assignments in different classes. Um, I have a sister who's just going off to college, and that's something they talked a lot about. Is it ethical to turn in the same paper for two classes? Maybe, maybe not. Is it plagiarism? Um, I don't think there's... Look, in, in terms of the university, there is no policy that I'm aware of. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I, I would be aware of that. Um, so self-plagiarism isn't um, a particular yeah. issue the university's that's, addressed. Because um, that's one that I've, I've seen coming up in more places hmm. recently, maybe not at tech, but elsewhere. The idea of self-plagiarism is, is seen as a big no-no and, and just as bad as plagiarism in certain cases. Well, you certainly can imagine cases where it would be as bad as plagiarism. If you're getting credit for two different courses for doing this, the same bit of work, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, that does seem um, questionable, a kind of cheating in some ways. So I have heard multiple professors address the issue just when they're talking about the plagiarism section, which is uh, now required to be a part of every syllabus uh, for That's every right, course. Yeah. Um, they must address academic integrity in some way. Um, mm-hmm. They will often talk about what they mean, and self-plagiarism has come up a couple of times. I don't recall exactly who, but I think professors are sort of adding it in there um, just as a, as a footnote. It'd be like, oh, yeah, by the way, this counts as well. Mm-hmm. I've had students come to me, of, of course, and ask, actually, um, would it be okay? They're doing work in another course in philosophy, and they're dealing with topic X. Would it be okay if they use part of their research on that paper, in my paper, and say an ethics course or a mm-hmm. philosophy of law course, and um, usually I talk to them about the the nature of the content, the nature of the paper, and sometimes it's quite fine; it's just no mm-hmm. problem. And other times it would be a problem. The problem would come if they did it without talking to you. First, that would I think. be yes, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Another kind of uh, edge case that I remember you covered about a year ago, Kevin, was Ty McDonald, who wrote for the Daily Toreador about a year ago. He was an opinion columnist. Oh, this was a long time ago, yeah. Yeah, actually um, did plagiarize a work by a certain uh, author. I forget the name of the author. Do you know, Kevin? Oh, I'd have to research it off offhand. I don't know. But the, the situation was Ty McDonald was a columnist for the paper and read a book that had been released kind of challenging ideas of copyright, the purpose of copyright, um, and a, a very extremist book in a lot of respects that encouraged people to actually plagiarize the book itself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, the book had said it was released without a copyright, so it wasn't illegal to do that. It, and it encouraged you to do it not only without, not only just copy it, but to copy it without attribution, mm-hmm. to present mm-hmm. these ideas as your own. And Ty McDonald did that in the mm-hmm. Daily Toreador, and somebody uh, saw the word for word, because he copied it, um, same essay on somebody's blog who had done the same thing from the original mm-hmm. source material. And they called they them both copied from a separate place, um, but the the copy on the blog didn't have the disclaimer of please steal this, um, you know, don't attribute anything, nor did ties. And so one appeared to be the copy of the other, not the copy of the original source. And Ty yeah. was immediately uh, dismissed from the paper for that for plagiarism. Yeah, uh, without which review, he either. did do, but it was it was plagiarism with. It, you know, it was he did copy somebody else's work and present his own. That's plagiarism. Mm-hmm. However, the argument was that you know, well, this was what the original creators wanted to happen, uh, just to bring up the idea of plagiarism and to talk about it. And it's like, well, if this is what's supposed to happen, is it bad? And and nobody really ever kind of said anything. He got kicked out, and it all got shoved under the rug. Yeah, but, I mean, I think besides this, he's never really gotten his day. <laughs> no, I, I've mentioned him in a few different places. I almost mentioned him when I was writing for the Daily Toreador, mm-hmm. but I stopped writing before I got to that particular item. Yeah. But, but in some sense, plagiarism, I mean, despite tough cases like that, plagiarism is kind of an easy issue. The harder issue is do the right thing in more general terms for which there are no uh, obvious shared rules. Um, Certainly. Mm-hmm. And the, those are the fun answer, the fun times, in my opinion. You yeah. know, it's it's easy to spot plagiarism. Are these words the same as these words? Yes, no. That's a lot easier. No, the fun stuff is the as as we mentioned on I think last week's episode, brains and vats and trains. <laughs> right. The uh, the ultimate trolley problem by yeah. um, uh, what's his name? You know, a um, a brain a brain in a vat at the wheel of a trolley <laughs> on Twin Earth, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, right. um, um, but no, I'm, I'm curious, like, what, what do you think um, should happen in these, in these edge cases, though? Like, is there any mechanism in place to handle the, the instances that fall outside the bounds that are nice and neat and laid out by this policy? Well, that, you know, that's, that's one of the big issues that, that, um, uh, about teaching ethics generally. I mm-hmm. mean, first of all, what, what is ethics and, what do you, and how to teach it? And <clears throat> um, uh, is there such a thing as an ethics expert? And what is, would it mean? Uh, what's the discipline of ethics? There mm-hmm. is a discipline, by the way. Um, but uh, those are all issues that um, the people working for the reaccreditation on campus were very concerned about. And they, they, um, uh, one of the reasons I was brought onto the steering committee was because I, I Gave what appeared to be a reasonable answer about about what um, what should go on or what does go on in philosophy teaching of ethics courses. That is, the idea is not to establish a set of rules that um, uh, everybody follows, but rather to assist students in gaining tools for thinking about moral problems without imposing answers um, to these moral problems. Uh, so, and that's a very delicate matter. It's something that philosophers are taught to do. Um, through in, throughout their graduate education, anyhow, mm. and it's a very delicate matter for people who aren't trained in that way, uh, particularly. Um, so, uh, one of the things the initiative, again, going back to the initiative, is uh, attempting to do is provide some sort of training for people who want to introduce ethics, uh, ethics content in their courses. Um, but it's still not clear uh, what that what that form what form that will take. 
Because um, often I, I've run across um, instances where, where students will complain about professors having a particularly uh, divisive stance on an ethical issue or, or just mm-hmm. a, a poor understanding of, of ethics from a philosophical standpoint. So one of the things y'all are trying to do, I guess, is, is eliminate those cases and inform those professors or at least give them a way to learn how to yeah, of course, it's a very delicate. Themselves. It's a very delicate matter because yeah. people um, tend to think of themselves. Well, many people. Uh, I'm talking not about um, people teaching philosophy courses per se at all, but people um, in general uh, tend to think that um, uh, obviously that they're ethical people, that they're moral people, that they that what it means to be a moral person is to do the right thing, and they're that's enough to put you in a position to be able to. Um, teach it in a course, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a faculty member. Um, or modeling good behavior. Of course, what's good behavior is another matter. But, <laughs> yeah. um, and, of course, you expect the modeling of good behavior amongst faculty, but you, uh, uh, and a person could be a very um, upstanding moral individual, uh, but still not be very effective in teaching um, reasoning about morals, mm-hmm. um, not, maybe not, not, have not thought, of, thought about it at all. So... Um, that's an issue, and again, it's very delicate because if you say there's a certain competency level to teaching ethics, people read that as, oh, so you don't think I'm ethical. Exactly. Or um, you don't think I'm competent enough to, right. to handle this. Who are you to judge my competence? <laughs> exactly. So, so it's, uh, it's not an easy uh, um, issue to deal with, especially at an institutional level, mm-hmm. uh, at a university level. You had a comment, Kevin? Um, I just I like the idea of your ethics aren't good enough to teach ethics. <laughs> uh, when, as as I view it, and I don't claim to know anything about ethics, but I, I always see ethics as a very individualized system. We we identify the ethics of of a group that we're in, but we follow those are not based on a lot of individual concepts. Um, so you know, there being a a universal ethical ideal has always made me chuckle, especially if, you know, saying, you know, your ethics aren't good enough because they don't match my ethics. Well, of course, you don't have to get, that's not, I didn't mean to imply that, that, mm-hmm. that, that was, that's the message as it's No, re- I wasn't, I wasn't trying to say that, I, yeah. you were implying that, I just, I found that amusing and it all happened in my head, so. Right, right. <laughs> um, but it's, um, it is also a problem in terms of if you're going to teach ethics, um, it's not like teaching math where there are, are certain set um, axioms and theorems, and that you can just work your way through. Mm. But at the same time, um, well, I, I, will, I won't go further with that that thought. But um, <clears throat> oh, please do. We we like rabbit trails here on that floor. <laughs> yes. And, well, there, there are a number of different rabbit trails. One of them was something that uh, Kevin just led uh, led up to or hinted at, mm-hmm. which is the kind of personal nature of ethics. That is, there is a certain aspect in uh, that. Individuals think that, um, and even Kant thought, that uh, ethics is something, your behavior, your moral behavior is moral in virtue of being autonomously chosen. Hmm. That is, they have to, it has to be something that emanates from you. It can't be something that somebody tells you. Uh, you have to, in some sense, reach those conclusions on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that gets confused, I think, with something that Kant was not very uh, close to at all, namely... Uh, uh, what might be called a subjective, in quotes, scare quotes, view moral about relativism. Eth- moral relativism, yeah. moral subjectivism, that it's all a matter of opinion. And, of course, then uh, if it is, in fact, all a matter of opinion, 
then what are we even talking about trying to teach yeah. uh, in this kind of context? So, so that's um, that's another issue. Um, there were even, in terms of going back to the, all the way back to discussion of the initiative, when I first got on the steering committee, there was a big debate over whether ethics was different from morals. So I mean, I was used to talking, <laughs> I was used to teaching moral philosophy, and I was talking. And I use the word morals and ethics interchangeably, and philosophers tend to do so generally. They, they mm-hmm. do. They are interchangeable. Well, they are, and, and, and... They are until they're not. You know, well, some people just insisted that morals had to do with sex and ethics didn't. Uh, uh, what? And, and so we shouldn't, we shouldn't label the initiative anything to do with ethics, morals. In fact, every time I turned in a report or saw a report that had morals, the word moral or morality mm-hmm. or morals used in place of ethics... Um, it got thrown away, got pulled out, because we didn't want that word morals corrupting our ethics initiative. What? Um, That's funny. So, I mean, I've got to tell you that we we went through several meetings where I tried to convince people there really wasn't a difference. Um, And though now I I do believe that there's a connotative difference. I mean, people do have different associations with morals. Okay, yeah, give it. But definition-wise, there's no difference. But it's not particularly related to sex. And and, um, and here's the, here's the, if there's a connotative difference that's fairly consistent in the, in the way we use it, um, it's probably the case that we're, when we say somebody's an unethical person, we mean something somewhat different from calling somebody a moral person, hmm. um, perhaps. That immoral- I, I saw years ago something that made me laugh, and I don't know how consistent it is, but that, you know, ethics was came from an old word, you know, in foreign language meaning customs, and morals came from an old word in a different foreign language meaning customs. <laughs> right, right. That's right. It does, actually. Sure. But um, but it, it does seem that when we call somebody immoral, we're making a stronger level of condemnation than unethical. Eth- unethical, you know, somebody who um, uh, cheats on his income tax is unethical. But yeah. somebody mm-hmm. who... Um, um, commits genocide is immoral. Yeah, and they, it seems like, like yeah, they it seems too mild. Problem. Yeah, it seems yeah. too mild to say that somebody who gen- commits genocide is unethical. He's not just unethical. People want to say he's deeply he is immoral. Of course, he's unethical. But <laughs> yeah, but he's I mean, also he's, really he's immoral, also yeah. deeply immoral. Yeah. So people think they're adding something to it there. So I guess mm-hmm. you know there is that kind of connotation, perhaps. But but that's a linguistic thing. I mean, yeah. philosophically, they are interchangeable. interchangeable. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so and where I do think, values come into this whole thing? Oh. Well, values are just a more general term. So, I mean, you can talk about aesthetic values and um, uh, legal values and sports values and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so values tend to, tends to be a more generic label. Um, Maybe virtues? Would that be? I just, I just like coming up with other synonyms. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually don't think that values is synonymous with morals. Okay. Right. But uh, cool. because it is, it is broader. Um, but I mean, we'd have discussions like that. Exactly. Um, well, that's I mean, and that's the important thing to to do is make sure everyone's <clears throat> on the same page linguistically. Because if someone's talking about morals and hearing other person talk about it and thinking something else, mm-hmm. uh, procedures are gonna are not gonna match so up. We, so know, we thought yeah. we solved it by sticking with ethics, but then the people did ideas of ethics didn't match up either. Well, yeah. So once you have a once you have an understanding, okay, we're gonna use the word ethics, then. What did you lay down? Did you did you give them like good explanation of moral realism or? <laughs> No. Were there some some more no, relativists on the board? I mean, what what went on? No, well, one one thing is clear um, that uh, is that um, there you know this kind of interesting thing. People sometimes advocate moral relativism. This again is going down another rabbit trail, mm-hmm. but but at the same time they 
think it's very clear that Madoff did something <laughs> immoral, and yeah. and they don't think it's just something that they have the opinion on, uh, about, and that that's it. Only has the established that only has validity for them. They think it also applies no matter what Madoff thought about it. What he did was immoral. They tend so, to get pretty testy when you point that out, too. Right. Yeah. So I mean, there's people are a little bit, um, I think, imprecise about the way they think and talk about a lot of these things. But yeah. But here's here's another, and this goes back to the plagiarism issue as well. And there's um, there there's so many different aspects of, of of teaching of ethics. So I was talking about, in when it comes to plagiarism, it might be just sort of letting people know what plagiarism is, and explaining. Uh, that it's bad, <laughs> saying, <laughs> asserting, that it's, asserting that it's bad. Yes, um, it's but bad because we say so. Yeah. yeah, it can even be it's bad because we say so because it's so uh, patently obvious. Although it doesn't, um, I think that doesn't mean that students typically care about it. Nothing, very much. nothing right. is ever blatantly obvious. Yeah, that's right. It's obvious well, after you explain it. No, people will Maybe. say people will say yes, that's uh, it's a bad thing to do, but they'll do it anyway. So that brings up the other issue: is that mm. you might. You might teach students certain things about ethics, how to think about ethics. You might teach students um, uh, how to reason about ethics, and uh, but that won't make them reason about ethics, and it won't make them, even if they did reason about ethics and did a really good job reasoning about it, it wouldn't necessarily translate to behavior. Um, so there's both you know, the, the reasoning and understanding, and then there's, with regard to ethics in particular, there's the will to carry it through. Mm. So that makes mm-hmm. it particularly problematic pedagogically. Uh, unlike, you don't worry about that in mathematics. When you're teaching a calculus course, you don't worry about whether students will have the will to apply calculus when they need to. <laughs> uh, so, or how you, how you motivate students to be mathematical. You don't worry about that. Yeah, you don't really have much of an option. If you need to take a derivative, you right. either use calculus or you don't take the derivative. Right. And, and, and I, there may be some sort of built-in motivation. If Once you know arithmetic, for example, and you're trying to balance your checkbook, mm-hmm. you, you apply the rules. You don't have to be motivated to apply the rules. Right. You, um, you will automatically see the some grounds for applying the, those those uh, rules, but even if you're successful in teaching some principles of ethics, if there are such things, or how to reason about ethics, um, there is this additional problem of motivation. So mm. it's not just a matter of uh, learning uh, how to think something through; it's also a matter of carrying through um, with the decision one makes on those reasons, based on those reasons. Um, and well, that's sorry, that's a whole other issue, and I don't know yeah. how you act, how you get at that. Yeah. Uh, pedagogically. Yeah, I don't know. I would think that, but I, I'm I'm generally quote unquote a reasonable person. So that if you can if you can reason ethics to me to the point of that's what it needs to be done, or this is this is the ethically this is the right decision. You know, it's wrong to plagiarize because X, Y, and Z. At that point, I'm easy. It's easy enough for me to say I'm not going to plagiarize. Mm-hmm. But I guess we we. Do you have to realize that we live in a world of very unreasonable people a lot of the time? Well, look, I, I, we do. Well, we do, maybe. But I think even if you, even if people are reasonable, and even if people come out of the class saying, "I'm not going to plagiarize," uh, really, Gary? Really? I. What? <laughs> the phone rings. I can't. <laughs> um, even uh, even if people are quite reasonable, and they they come to certain moral conclusions, and they actually believe those moral conclusions when two years later and uh, a circumstance arises where that is really at issue they may not it may not be present to their mind they may not uh, act on it anyway mm-hmm. true um, so I mean there are all these studies that were done uh, about there's a famous study about people at students at a seminary 
they were, they, uh, the experimenters planted somebody who, uh, on the sidewalk, collapsed on the sidewalk, clearly suffering some sort of attack or something like that, uh, in between, I guess, a seminarian's dormitory and the lecture hall they were going to. And some extraordinarily high percentage, well over 90% of the seminarians, just simply ignored the person who was suffering on the sidewalk and, and went on to the lecture. Uh, and all it would have taken was a, a moment to, to attend to this person, to mm-hmm. ask the person what's going on, and they didn't even do that. And the explanation that was given later, well, they were expected to go to the lecture. <laughs> they weren't hmm. expected to help the person? Right. They, they, they were expected the lecture. The lecture was going to start another 10 minutes. They really didn't have time <laughs> to do this. And, yeah. and so and there's no doubt that the seminarians had been taught certain ways to behave toward uh, people in need, uh, but the real-life experience of having to apply the principles or having to carry through on what their reason had told them they should be doing uh, didn't ha- had no effect or had uh, almost no effect. So a big portion mm-hmm. of y'all's work is, is just reminding people well, to actually, be that's, ethical. That's right? really interesting. Uh, I think there, there is a sense in which, uh, I think there's, there are more studies about this. There was a study that I think was um, reported in... Um, What's that? Econo- the economist who does that popular uh, Freakonomics. Yeah, um, Stephen Stephen Levitt, I believe. Yeah, Stephen yeah. Levitt. Um, so there was something he talked about that struck me, and I can't remember the uh, the example, but it sometimes it's a matter of reminding people of what they believe. Uh, it's not so much a matter of getting them to believe certain things, but reminding them in in critical moments of what they do believe. Maybe and the was it the bagel example? The bagel or, example. Yeah, it, was, it, um, was, it had to do with uh, people who were. That was a plate, tray, of, tray of bagels was laid out, and mm-hmm. people were you know, offered the opportunity to pay for the bagels. And, but I don't remember the how. Well, how it, um, what happened is is uh, he tried it. He tried it a bunch of different ways. Um, he he would put like a sign up that said, you know, uh, leave a dollar in the in the box or something. Uh, he tried a bunch of different boxes, like a locked box, an open basket, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he found that the the system that worked best is when he put a pair of eyes above. The tray of bagels, uh, sort of like if people know that they're being watched, or even even have subconsciously think, "Oh, somebody is watching me. Hmm. I'm expected to do such and so." <clears throat> so it, he had the eyes, and he had the you know, please leave a dollar for the bagel. Mm-hmm. That's he an unfortunate. That, that, that's that's not what I remembered, but but I, I well, don't it was, doubt it. Yeah, yeah. There, there was something about that that example that struck me as saying something about reminding people of what they think is the right thing to do. Yes. Um, the idea of some sort of oversight by paralyzed, right. I think, is a little bit unfortunate. But well, um, it, but it's. I think it, it just goes to show, like, if we think we can get away with something, then we're more likely to to not. To, that's to, a, yeah, I, I see what you're, uh, what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a different kind of point. Okay, uh, I see. but um, I think it's just a matter of sometimes not. You know, it's not a sort of a self-interest thing uh, that you. Um, only you're doing the right thing because you're afraid that you might get caught doing the wrong thing. Uh, but um, well, maybe the the eyes are like a, a reminder that that we are in sort of a community that we're not alone. That that there are sort of a, a that accepted that be, that things be, that everybody yeah. does. Mm-hmm. And so you know, hey, do what you know is right, um, mm-hmm. even if you're not um, thinking of it consciously when you do it. Mm-hmm. I just see it as evidence of quantum ethics. <laughs> the ethics are different when there's an observer. Mm-hmm. The results change. Well, that, there's certainly no question about that. 
Um, but I thought it had there was maybe it wasn't the bagel example. I, I don't I don't know the reference we're talking about, so mm. I, I can't chime in one or the other. But definitely read for economics. I, I would recommend it to our listeners as well. It's it's a great study in just what we actually do, right? Um, versus what people think we do, and uh, sort of the irrationality of some of our beliefs. Yeah, um, there's a actually a good compliment book called uh, Predictably Irrational. Uh, by I, I forget the, the name of the author, but he does a very similar thing and kind of shows that we like to think that we're we're constantly reasoning through things analytically mm-hmm. and, and you know always taking every every aspect of a situation into account. But oftentimes our, our decisions are just arbitrary or based on very insignificant points that might come up just in the moment that cause us to forget years and years of, of right. ethical training or of um, you know, economic training, mathematical training, whatever. I That's, sort of cringe at the, at the term ethical training uh, in a way really? that I don't in mathematical because I, because I don't think it's a matter so much of, when I think of ethical training, it's sort of you're being taught this is what's right to do and this is what's wrong to do, this is what's right. To, and I don't think that should be what ethics should be about. Okay. I, I think it should be training and reasoning and thinking about ethics and thinking through ethical problems. For one thing, if you're trained, and you may not have been going that way, at all, that direction at all, but if you're trained that certain behaviors are right or wrong rather than certain ways of thinking through problems, that will only extend as far as those behaviors ex- um, uh. apply to your actual life. And so, the, and in fact, in real life, none of the specific behaviors apply are a perfect match. Each, each situation is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are going to be different considerations. So what you really need is the tools to reason through that situation rather than uh, training as to absolute, quote-unquote, absolute rules uh, as to what is a, uh, um, appropriate and what isn't appropriate. Gotcha. Um, and, and now if the context is quite clear, like plagiarizing a paper in a university course where the teacher has made clear what their standards are, then, you know, there is a rule in place. Mm-hmm. And, and that's nice and neat about plagiarism, but it's not, uh, it's not really what teaching ethics is about, um, it seems to me, at all. Okay. Um, and although I think in some departments, um, if you're teaching a professional code or if you're teaching, because plagiarism is kind of like a professional code. If you're teaching a professional code, that's a matter of laying out a system of rules, making people familiar with it. Um, but ultimately, something more has to be added to it. You have to add um, some deeper reasoning ability so that you can go beyond, because again, even the code of ethics is not, or the professional code is not going to apply to every possible situation. Yes, and I think I think that's that's a very good point because it fails in like the, the Ty McDonald instance that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's one of those areas where I think there was a failure on the part of, of the newspaper, on the administration, to, to do that, to step back and go, wait a minute, mm-hmm. we have our procedure, but what is the motivation behind it? What are, what are we actually trying to encourage? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think it was, a very, it was a very meta-analysis of the situation that Ty was trying to get across almost more productive than, than simply not putting those words out at all. He was stimulating a conversation. So, I mean, I, I would say that, yeah, you, if, you don't, if you don't have that approach as well, or from, from your standpoint, teaching people to reason through it rather than just follow a procedure, mm-hmm. you do get those cases where I, I would think the wrong decision was made. In, in firing him and denouncing Yeah, unfortunately, him, in that case, it sounds like, I don't know the case, but it sounds like the conversation was never started. I no. Mean, it, never, um, it never went anywhere at all. Um, so it, it failed in its purpose. It mm-hmm. just looked like a, an ordinary plagiarism case. Um, but, yeah, of course, the, and, uh, as Kevin was saying earlier, the, the interesting part of ethics is the gray areas, the ones <laughs> yeah. where it's not 
very cut and dry what the appropriate thing to do is. And that's what I take, you know, ideally the goal of an ethics, philosophical ethics course to be, to give people some sort of tools uh, to think through those problems. Not, not all ethics courses. Some ethics courses are more ethics, the metaphysics of, of moral properties or something okay. like that, and you're not doing quite that. That's, that is the kind of metaethics that I sort of uh-huh. studied when I was um, uh, doing my dissertation. Um, but no, normative ethics courses, courses where you talk about normative ethical principles, about how those principles might or might not apply, when they conflict, what do you do, why you should try to establish a coherent ethical scheme for yourself, um, what that might look like, how you could have uh, integrity with regard to your moral values. Uh, that's all, I think, really valuable, really something a university should be teaching mm-hmm. and is taken by almost no students on campus. I mean, because, yeah. uh, because again, the resources, it, you know, a lot of this is politics, too, and university politics. The resources are, have to be um, shifted in certain ways. And not only university politics, politics but state politics and mm-hmm. national politics. So the state legislates a certain, students have to take a full year of history and a certain amount of, and Texas history and things like that. Um, but they don't legislate um, other, I think, essential items for college education. Yeah, that, was, that would be my next question. Do you think an ethics course should be part of the core curriculum? If I were doing the curriculum, yes, I do. In okay. Fact, in fact, um, going back 20 years in campus, the university faculty was polled as to what courses would be uh, most essential, what areas uh, needed to be taught to all students when we were putting together the core curriculum. And number one and number two were ethics and logic. Wow. Those never made their way into the core curriculum. <laughs> Uh, and the logic course made its way sort of backdoor uh, as an option for the second math course. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that was a big battle. Um, yeah. So I, I, mean, I guess I, I think, although, again, we may, uh, the people who said ethics was important might have had a different notion of ethics in mind when they said that. Um, I do think it's absolutely critical, critical to, the, uh, to a core curriculum uh, in a university. And, you know, some schools, lots of universities have, a fairly heavy dosage of it, but um, tech doesn't, and I think it's it's unfortunate. Mm. Uh, is, is it possible that there's kind of a, a fear of an ethics class in that people don't want to be told that they're doing something wrong? A logic class, you know, can certainly appear to be, you know, this is, this is logical, this is reason, this isn't going to affect your everyday oh, sure. life necessarily, <clears throat> whereas an ethics class, there's a certain stigma to it that, you know, when you come out or you go into an ethics class, you're going to be told this is right, this is wrong, and you should feel bad for doing it wrong. Yeah, but that's, I think, yeah, I think that's, you're absolutely right. That's one of the concerns about it. Um, I think that's fundamentally a misunderstanding of what an ethics course is. Well, certainly. Uh, although I think in some departments that may be what's taught. Uh, <laughs> uh, in a philosophy department, that's not at all what's taught. But mm-hmm. I have to say, and this is, again, a little bit of a rabbit trail, but um, I love teaching logic rather than ethics, <laughs> intro logic rather than ethics, because it's so cut and dry. When students disagree with me about how to understand <laughs> the rules uh, that might apply in this case, I just say, well, look, it's, it's printed in the front of the book here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, um, it makes th- teaching it a lot easier. Uh, it's absolutely crucial in an ethics course, though, again, to not just be not to not be teaching rules, but be t- teaching skills of how to mm-hmm. approach problems. I'm just I, I, that's all I have to say about that. I, I agree, yeah. I, mm-hmm. but I, I think that could be part of the reason why ethics classes maybe haven't been as successful. Um, I've actually never taken an ethics class, and this is 
made me more interested in ethics, although in grad school I won't have as much time. I'll be taking theater courses until I die. Hmm. So, Well, I was actually, it was one of the uh, concerns I think the, uh, the original steering committee of the Ethics Initiative had was they worried about it being a matter of indoctrination. And it's not, if it were a mm-hmm. matter of indoctrination, nobody wants that. Nobody no, wants them yeah. to. Uh, uh, so they had to be, um, again, educated. Those people who hadn't taken ethics courses um, had to be sort of educated to understanding what actually goes on in an eth- ethics course, at least properly speaking, ought to go on in an ethics course. Looking yeah. toward the future here, do you, do you see much progress being made on this in the next uh, five, ten years? You mean locally about here at Texas Tech? Um, do you see the program progressing? I mean, I know we've had we've had the ethics speaker series, we've had the the roundtables, um, but mm-hmm. do you see the, the like the course coming in? Do you see a greater understanding coming about? Well, there's now a faculty position funded. There was eventually a faculty position, temporary one year faculty position funded to teach additional ethics sections this year and mm-hmm. philosophy actually. But in fact, uh, the initiative actually ends this coming year, and there's been no particular output uh, of it other than these mm. these small matters. So um, I don't think out of the initiative, now there is supposedly going to be an ethics center produced out of the initiative. It was one of the things proposed initially, um, but n- has never gotten funding. Now we're talking about whether there might be funding for it. Mm. Um, if that gets funded, then there should be an, on, an ongoing basis uh, ethical ethics programs, uh, speakers. Um, um, the movie series, I'd like to see the, the ethics movie series come back if, if possible. Well, that was strictly a philosophy department thing, as was our ethics speaker series. Oh, okay. Totally sponsored by the philosophy department. And we love doing that, uh, and we ran into problems, uh, copyright problems, actually, yeah. uh, that um, kept us from showing films to the campus community without paying tons of money. Yeah, I've, I've actually, I ran into the same issue when I was working with the Honors College there at Tech. Really? Um, the idea that, because it wasn't the, it wasn't necessarily the college, it was the, uh, I remember the group, whoever you have to talk to, go through to rent a room. That's right. At yeah. Tech. Um, and they, they have decided that they are also in charge of enforcing copyright law. Right. Um, despite whether or not, you know, this is a ethic, it is not ethical, uh, an educational purpose to show these videos or movies, which are copywritten, but qualify under fair use of academia. Right. Mm-hmm. But that, that didn't stop them at all. And that's one of those instances where um, operating policy can conflict with these other initiatives, um, with actually mm-hmm. doing productive things, educating people about ethical issues. Yeah, and in fact, the Syrian committee was very upset about that because when they heard it interfered with our uh, movie series. Yeah. Uh, uh, but their hands were tied, too, because yes. uh, the university is very worried about litigation, and the people who control rooms were, went to some workshop where they were told they simply couldn't allow this to happen. So... But it sounds like if y'all do get an ethics center that, that possibly some of those issues might be revised or they might find a workaround to, to let things like that happen. Maybe have a, um, a subset of the library on hand there so that people can check out ethical films or films yeah, that well, you would recommend for the There are all sorts topics. of potential programs. If there is an ethics center, there are mm-hmm. all sorts of potential programs that could be initiated for everything from uh, faculty fellowships and student research projects to... Um, uh, to speaker series and to movie series and so on, but it still would run into potential. I don't, I don't know this problem about classroom access is going to ever be solved because we worked very hard in philosophy to get around it and we couldn't. Yeah. Um, now, if you use the only way to get around, actually, there is a way to get around it, but you have to only show films that are in the public domain. Yeah. 
Which uh, Night of the Living Dead qualifies. So. <laughs> hey, you know, it's a good, good ethical film right there. I think my students would, would rather see Shaun of the Dead or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, Night of the Living Dead is still a classic to these, this day. You wouldn't have Shaun of the Dead without that one. That's All right, true. we've already done the zombie episode. We, we won't go <laughs> yeah, down that well. rabbit trail. That zombie rabbit trail. Well, um, we're coming up to our, our time here on Bad Philosophy. Huh. So, Dr. Nathan, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you I'll very shake much. your hand because we have one viewer on the, on the Stick End <laughs> chat room now. Um, and Kevin, thank you for joining us as well. Nice meeting you, Kevin. He's, he's shaking uh, Dr. Nathan's hand virtually. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow uh, our show at twitter.com slash badphilosophy. You can follow me at uh, twitter.com slash s-torrents. Kevin, you, we can follow you where? Uh, twitter.com slash kevsond, K-E-V-S-A-U-N-D. Cool. And uh, Dr. Nathan, where, where can uh, people look up some information on you? Well, they just go to the philosophy department website, um, and I and you can find out a little bit of information about me there. Um, That's philosophy.ttu.edu. Right, and then you can email me if you have any uh, comments or questions. I'd be happy to to respond by email. Cool beans. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. So, Stephen, while this is loading, I have a question for you, since you're a nerd now. What's up? <laughs> Are you aware of anything in particular? And I haven't, like, searched this at all, because the one just recently happened. Something causing my screen to go just completely white. Completely white? Yeah. Like, anything, like, is that a familiar thing to you? Has that ever happened before? It's um, very weird. Like, it goes white, and my computer, I'm pretty sure it's still running. Like, I had, I had a movie playing in the background, and it was still playing. I could hear the audio. But the entire screen was, like, white. No idea, man. Have you had yeah. any contact with the uh, neo-Nazi movement lately? No, not recently. Okay. I'm, I'm starting a new project, speaking of regular schedule. I have to... I've decided to review something every day for a year. Really? Yeah. I, I've got a YouTube page I'm setting up for it. Review, like, yeah. uh, a film, Anything. a book... Anything. Books, movies, TV. Uh, my first review is actually of Jelly Babies, the uh, fruity candy from England. You can check out the review at, uh, at youtube.com slash kevsond. Okay. It's not up yet because I've been having computer problems. But <laughs> Jelly Babies? That sounds tasty. Jelly Babies. I don't know. How does that, how does that fall into that? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. So if if the babies sounds... are made of jelly, then it's, <laughs> it's okay to eat babies? Depends if they're sentient. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess so. Bad Philosophy is brought to you by Skype Out and by Apple. Check out their offers through the affiliate section of our website. Badphilosophy.com Quick, come up with something funny to say.